0: Good to see you all this morning. Shout out to you Zoomers and you Facebook Live folks. Glad to have you join us as well. All right, we're going to begin with a uh, practice of gratitude. There are folks passing out thank you notes right now. That's what you're receiving. And so you are invited to write a thank you note. Um, And here are your instructions. I'll put them on the screen. Um, Folks at home, you can do this on your phone if you want, or grab a piece of paper or a thank you note if you have one of those, and you can do this exercise as well. Um, But here are instructions, be as specific as possible, some way a person helped you, or some way you benefited from something that somebody did for you this week. So be specific. Two, share what it meant to you or how you benefited. And number three, don't include any implicit critiques or judgments like, oh gosh, I wish you did this more, but thank you. Um, So don't include any of those things, right? Okay, so go ahead, write a thank you. If you need a pen, raise your hand, but there should be in the seat pocket or you can share them. I wanted to start off with a gratitude exercise, this activity because I wanted us to experience what it feels like to express gratitude. Uh, there are a number of studies that demonstrate a connection between expressing gratitude and overall happiness or well-being. In fact, uh, here is a list of benefits that are associated with gratitude according to research over the last couple decades. So gratitude is associated with higher levels of life satisfaction, positive self-image, and greater self-respect. It's an antidote to materialism because you don't feel like you have to buy a lot of stuff if you're grateful for what you already have. Uh, It's associated with heart health, sleeping well, and healthier long-term relationships. And I'll just give you an example of the kinds of studies that are done. Um, so in one study that is a 10-week long study, so pretty good range of time, they'll divide people into three groups. The first group, they'll instruct them to reflect on things they're grateful for from the past week. Uh, the second group, they'll have them reflect on things that they're frustrated about or annoyed about. <laughs> from the pre- There's no short supply of those, no? Um, And then the third group, they'll instruct them to write about both positive and negative things. And what they'll see is that first group demonstrates the benefits that I just showed you there. Um, In one study, in fact, people in that first group, they visited the doctor less frequently, generally, than the other two groups of people, um, showing perhaps some physical benefits. Um, now, researchers, I want to be careful here. Researchers are very quick to point out this is not a causal relationship, and it's, it's pretty complicated. Um, my wife pointed this out to me, but if you're someone who has a disposition of Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, there's nothing wrong with you. Eeyore's fantastic. I love Eeyore. But expressing gratitude and you're like Eeyore probably is not going to change much, you know? Like, a grateful Eeyore is still Eeyore as my wife said. Um, And then on the other side of things, uh, those those folks who we know that have a very cheerful disposition like always, you also aren't served by gratitude because you don't need any help. (laughs) You just have all those benefits that we saw there. Um, So sorry. But you know, you can have a healthy life uh, whether you engage in gratitude or not. Life's complex, so who knows how it's all related. But Having said that, the researchers still conclude that, generally speaking, there are a number of associated benefits with the habit or regular practice of gratitude. Okay, now, what does faith and God have to do with gratitude? Christianity has long emphasized gratitude as a spiritual practice through which we connect with God and one another. And this is one of those instances where modern science actually confirms the ancient wisdom of our faith. And the two are not at odds. Imagine that. Science and faith, not at odds, but confirming one another. So definitely something to celebrate. Woohoo! Um, and by the way, all the major uh, religious traditions and philosophical traditions, they all emphasize gratitude in some way or another. But this morning, we're going to look at a story from the Bible that features gratitude, and really demonstrates the connection that I've just named, that the science backs up. So our story today is from Luke uh, chapter 17. We're going to pick it up in verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through a region between Samaria and Galilee. Uh, Sorry, I lost my thing here. Okay, Michael, I might just need your help. Anyway, um, let's start again. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When Jesus saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean, but the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith is... Has made you well. All right, the location of the story we're told is very important in this story. Uh, it is the region between Galilee and Samaria. And Michael, you can put up that slide of the the map there. Uh, you'll see on this map there's the pink area that's labeled Galilee. That is Jesus' home region, where a lot of the stories of Jesus happen in the Bible, and. Jerusalem is the city in Judea, which is that blue-green area at the bottom of the map. To get there, you have to go through or around Samaria. Samaria is a place that the Galileans and the Judeans both don't like. They don't like people from there, from Samaria. They're called Samaritans. And just by illustration, let's use a comparison of our modern-day contacts. That's next map. Thank you, Michael. Um, you'll see Iowa smack dab in the middle. Let's pretend Iowa's like Samaria. People from Minnesota and people from Missouri do not like us. I mean, there's more hogs than people in this state, people. And they're just, they just distrust us. You know, there's something sneaky, a little creepy, a little off from those people from Iowa. So Minnesotans, Minnesotans and Missourians, they are united in their suspicion and hatred of us from Iowa. That's how Samaritans are viewed for a lot of different ethnic, cultural, religious reasons. All right, you can take those maps down. Thank you, Michael. Jesus is in that border area, in a border town, where there's a lot of mixing and mingling of folks from these different geographic regions. And ten lepers approach him. Today, leprosy is a very specific medical diagnosis. That wasn't true in the Bible. So when you see the word leper or leprosy in the Bible, it refers to a very broad set of skin conditions and illnesses. You could have a chronic rash, okay, and you could be called a leper or be diagnosed with leprosy. Um, and so, it, yeah, it's a broad term. could be any number of things. The thing was, it was kind of a big deal to have leprosy because all of a sudden there were all kinds of rules about how you could participate or how you couldn't in religious and social life. You could be banned from participating in lots of different activities. So these ten lepers, they've been excluded. They've been told you can't do X, Y, and Z in society, and they form their own family. They are their own community which happens so much in human history and society. When the people get kicked out, they form their own thing. And that's what these 10 lepers have done. All right, well, Jesus sees them or he hears them because they're shouting at him. They keep their distance like they're supposed to. They're shouting at Jesus to have mercy. And Jesus sees them and says, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they are made clean. Miracle. All ten are healed, awesome, and it's worth pausing for a second to recognize how generous Jesus' healing is again in this story. Jesus just tosses healing around indiscriminately. He, he doesn't know these people. He doesn't know if they're good or bad people, however folks might evaluate that. He doesn't know how they, value, how they, excuse me, how they voted in the last election or whether they're vaccinated or not. He's just healing them. All of them. Jesus tells them to go to the priest, and he does so because the priest is the one who can officially announce that they are healed, that they are clean. The priest would literally perform a physical exam, much like a physician would, look them over, see that they no longer have the skin condition, whatever it was, and they're clean, they're healed, and they are properly welcomed back into participating in the society and religious life. All right, so these 10 folks have just been healed. The first thing they want to do is get to the priest so they can restart their lives and go back to quote-unquote normal. But one of them turns around. It's pretty remarkable. All the momentum in this group is to get to the priest. I mean, we've just been healed. This is amazing. They're having a party on the road side. And they're going to get to the priest as quickly as possible and then get back to their lives, whatever that was. But this one turns around. He comes back to Jesus. He's praising God along the way. Maybe he's singing a song or singing a hymn. He comes to Jesus. He falls at Jesus' feet. So there's no more distance anymore. He's right Close to Jesus. And he thanks Jesus for healing him. Powerful moment. Jesus then uses this to teach. And to those watching what's happening, he points out that the man is a Samaritan. This guy's from Iowa, folks. You wouldn't believe it. The one you would least expect. And this is a very, very common thing that happens in our gospel stories, that the gifts of God transcend the boundaries that human beings create. The people who are often neglected or rejected, they become the ones to receive and transmit the gifts of God. Jesus says something else, though, to the man. And this is where it connects back to our opening stuff about gratitude. He says to the man, your faith has made you well. The man has already been healed. But now, Jesus says to him, your faith has made you well. And the difference is gratitude. The difference is the man comes back and says, thank you. He feels grateful and he takes the time to express and lean into gratitude. And it's his act of gratitude to Jesus, to God, that Jesus says is his faith that has made him well. Well, I think, you know, the story resonates probably with all of us and to some degree. You know, we've all, from time to time, experienced really good things. And we feel grateful. And it's one of the best feelings, isn't it? When something good happens and it's like, oh, this is awesome, and we celebrate and we give thanks. And when we can take that to God, our joy becomes even fuller and greater still. That the act of expressing gratitude to God somehow connects us even more to God and to others when we do that to them as well. I've had this experience recently um, quite a bit. I've been volunteering at a local nonprofit called the Center for Worker Justice, or CWJ. Uh, CWJ is a, a local nonprofit that advocates for working people, especially immigrants who don't always receive equal treatment in their places of employment or in their housing. And so they do really really important work in the community because you know this is a vulnerable population, folks who may not speak English as their first language or have all kinds of other barriers. And so they can tend to be taken advantage of in different ways. So the Center for Worker Justice comes along these folks says we will help you. We will assist you and help along the way. Well they've recently set up a system to help folks who are affected by the pandemic to apply for financial assistance through the state of Iowa. The way this works is there's a federal program, billions and billions of dollars from the federal government that has been sent to all the states and all the states then administrate this fund to distribute money to people facing financial hardship because of the COVID pandemic. The money then is used for rent or utilities and the payments go directly to the landlords or the utility companies. Okay. Great program. Super effective. I mean, the federal government has done something good. Hallelujah. <laughs> and and credit to the states that are trying uh, to put this out there and create the systems. Okay, here's the problem. <laughs> the system is difficult. <laughs> it is very, very difficult. Like, Have you seen the show Wipeout? Or like YouTube clips of those like the obstacle course where you're trying to run through a thing and there's stuff that's going to you know, creamy from this side when you're least expecting you fall down 10 feet into water. I'm saying you like you've done it. I don't know. I, I feel like I would love to try that show, but I'd look like an idiot, you know, it's one of those things. Anyway, okay, applying for this money is like being in the show Wipeout, I tell you. And um, the, the application is very difficult. And so CWJ has recruited volunteers whose first language is English, and who may have more experience with online forms and that kind of thing. So people like me. Okay, now I'm fairly savvy when it comes to computers and software and navigating online forms, but I've gotten stuck a few times. Um, So for example, (laughs) this happened to me a couple weeks ago. I was filling out the form and there are like a dozen different steps and you have to attach the right forms at the right time. Sometimes you have to attach the same form two times in different places. But anyway, I'm attaching the right forms and hitting submit, and it's telling me, you don't have the right forms attached. And I'm double checking this like four or five times, I'm going back and forth, like, what didn't I do? I got help from somebody else, still nothing, not working. I finally call the helpline and I talk to a person, which is great, they do have a helpline and people are answering, yay. Um, And she tells me, she walks me through it, she's like, okay, you need to check the box that's labeled other, and I'm thinking, wait. And I tell her, I don't need to check other because that means I have to attach another file. She's like, no, just check other but don't attach anything else and try that. And I do it and magic. It works. And I tell her, I was like, wait, how come I needed the secret sauce of checking the box labeled other but not submitting a file that is supposed to tell me to attach? And she's like, I don't know, it just works. (laughs) I'm like, okay. Well, good. Anyway, so yes, this is what we're dealing with. But Here's the thing, I've been able to volunteer, and I'm meeting awesome people, people with whom I don't regularly get to share life with or contact with. And it takes a while to fill out this form, and so I get to talk with folks, we talk about our kids and families and interests, whatever. Um, And I get to connect with people, it's great. And, you know, we are navigating this bureaucratic labyrinth together And when we hit submit, the final submit that actually works, we celebrate. It's like, woohoo, this is great. And every single time, they turn to me and they say, thank you. And they have a smile on their face, and they are so grateful. They are thankful to CWJ for the space and the time, what they're facilitating. And they are overflowing with gratitude. And it is awesome, awesome to witness. And then I too feel grateful. I feel grateful for the opportunity to do this, to help a little bit. And it's my faith that has led me there. It's my faith that's led me to volunteer. It's my faith that leads me then to connect what just happened to God. And I turn in my spirit and I say, thank you, God. I'm grateful for the money that's helping people. I'm grateful for the chance to connect with people I don't ordinarily connect with, to share life, to share stories. I am so grateful. And when I bring my thanksgiving, my gratitude to God, I feel even happier. I am made well, as Jesus says. So that is the invitation for us that I want us to hear this morning. The invitation to lean into the spiritual practice of gratitude. We've already done that. Congratulations, you're pros. Uh, We've done that with a thank you note that we started with this morning. So I have some other ideas. I'm just gonna put up this uh, slide, Michael, that's the next slide of uh, some ideas of gratitude. Um, Try some of these, see what works for you. Incorporating gratitude into a morning routine, gratitude at mealtimes. Set alarms or alerts on your calendar. I do this with all kinds of things. I just put it on my calendar, and, and Google will send me an email reminder. Um, <laughs> I do this with everything, it's awesome. Um, gratitude journals, some people like that, I don't. Some people love it. Um, there are apps now, my, my wife just found a new app, my wife Allie, that you can take a photo, and then you just write a sentence or two underneath it, and then it just catalogs that, and you can look back, it's awesome. Um, And then you can share it on social media, but you don't have to. It's just for you. And she loves it. It's great. And then Lent's coming up, where you could, Lent is that six-week period before Easter uh, or about 40 days. You could, if you want, try out a new gratitude practice for that time of Lent. And that could be very, very good. All right. As we um, think about this and think about how might we lean into gratitude, I do want to just acknowledge something or kind of give us, I don't know, a warning, if you will. And that is that, you know, the tricky thing about gratitude is that it is both a feeling and a behavior. And it's great when those are aligned, but that's not always true, right? I mean, the man who comes back to Jesus in our story, he feels it. I mean, he is feeling grateful. He's praising God. He comes back to Jesus and expresses gratitude. Thank you, God. But there are times when we are not there, right? There are times when we're not feeling particularly grateful. Maybe we're in a season of prolonged grief for any number of losses, any number of reasons, and we're not feeling particularly grateful. Maybe we're in the middle of a pandemic and our lives are completely upended like every day and we're not feeling particularly grateful. This is understandable. It's real. And I recognize, like, from time to time, it can be a very, very challenging thing to consider gratitude. We may feel forced to be grateful. And there might be even a voice in our head that says, you should be grateful. I would recommend that we not listen to that voice. It often is just not helpful. I mean, when people tell me you should be grateful, I kind of want to run from them and not do what they say. It, like, produces the opposite of the feeling that they're trying to, it's like someone telling you to calm down and it produces the opposite effect of what they're trying to get you, anyway. You know what I mean. So the, the idea here, I think, is we have to give ourselves room to feel what we're actually feeling. While sometimes it could be useful to lean into gratitude, the behavior, regardless of what we're feeling. How do we negotiate that? I don't know. It's up to each of us to figure that out. I mean, that's the path of wisdom that we're all entering into. And so as you practice gratitude, as you listen to what you're actually feeling, you'll figure it out. Try things. See what works. In the end, though, I think we can hear and receive Jesus' words and wisdom that gratitude can contribute to us becoming well. So let's welcome that. Let's lean into gratitude as much as possible and see how it impacts us and those around us. So I want to close with a a prayer practice of gratitude. Uh, And you can enter into this prayer however uh, you're comfortable, so I invite you to get comfortable in your chair. Um, You can close your eyes, keep them open, whatever helps you pray. So I want to invite you to think of a pleasant moment or event from this past week? What's something that was good that happened this past week? Uh, it could be what you wrote about in your thank you note. It could be that good thing. It could be a little thing like what you had for lunch or a bigger event. So just remember that good thing and remember that moment. Recall the details. Where were you? Who were you with? What did you see? What were you hearing in that moment? Any smells or tastes? As you remember that good moment, bring that before God. Maybe you can picture Jesus with you in that memory or in that moment, kind of see Jesus there. Or maybe you have a sense of God's presence, God's with you in that moment. Now take a moment to express gratitude to God for that moment. Say thank you. God, thank you for the many gifts we've received this week. God, our tradition teaches us that it is truly right and just, always and everywhere, to give you thanks and praise. Help us to embrace that wisdom. Help us, when we don't feel particularly grateful, to acknowledge that to allow ourselves to feel what it is we're feeling and to know you are with us in that as well. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.